Now back to the Sunday show with Philip O'Donnell and LaMoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm agent Derek McGarry on Texarkana's 104.7 KTOY. And you are listening to the second segment of this morning's edition of The Sunday Show. We have with us Mr. Mark White, Mr. Jesse Keaton, and Miss Joanne Rice. We were, before the break, we were discussing as we transitioned from the discussion of public health, lifting the mask mandates, and the leadership of Governor Greg Abbott in doing so. Um, Philip will help us transition as we continue discussing uh, ensuring equitable voting laws among our people. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Voting Rights Act. 1965, what this law did is it enabled basically black people the right to vote. And Brown, well, it was gutted partially in 2013 when the Supreme Court ruled that Section 4B was unconstitutional. Unfortunately, that leaves the Voting Rights Act with only one section that is that allows voters to legally challenge laws on the basis of being racially discriminatory. And that's section two. There are, there are cases that have been heard before the Supreme Court that when they rule on it, it could make the whole Voting Rights Act invalid. Now, it's unfortunate we talk about elections have consequences. This is going before a conservative court, um, and a lot of these judges have already ruled on it in 2013 when they dismantle some of the key provisions that were within the Voting Rights Act. All of this is in response to what happened with the last election. We had record vote turnout, and so the GOP's response is they're going to restrict ballot access. Um, and all of this stuff is, is kind of the made-up stuff about this big lie about election fraud. Uh, Mr. Keaton hit on it exactly. There are 253 bills right now in over 43 states that have been introduced, pre-filed, or carried so this is, this is a huge deal, um, what they're doing, how they're doing it, and the fact that this could be pulled off. And, it, it, you know, you can talk about the brazenness of it in places like Georgia and Arizona and the Carolinas, but it is so widespread, it's everywhere. If, I mean, what they said in Common Cause Georgia said, they called it Jim Crow with the suit and the tie. Um, 71,000 Georgians took advantage of early voting on Sunday last year. 37% of them were black. If all of the stuff that they're trying to do in Georgia now had already been in place with the last election, there would have been over 2 million Georgians whose votes would have been affected. Ending that the, the, whether the state voted for Trump or Biden and, and not having those two senators that we got from Georgia. So it's a big deal when you look at all of the state houses and what the GOP is doing. And they're focusing on mail-in voting. And it's kind of unfortunate because it really does have a pretty good chance for this ending favorably for them. Yes, it does. But they also, I think the Republicans have not given a thought to the fact that a lot of Republicans do mail-in voting. It's not just black and brown people that do mail-in voting. So when, when you start uh, focusing on souls to the polls, which is on Sundays, I'm sure that uh, black and brown people are not the only people that attend church and, and go to vote after church. And I'm sure that black and brown people are not the only people that do mail-in voting. In fact, our former president did mail-in voting. And so the fact that we have so many people, I'm not exactly sure if they will get what they want. Because there, I am certain people all over the United States that are 
taking that are looking at this and trying to figure out how to get around it. Uh, I don't think we will ever be going back to a poll tax again, and this is what we're trying to do. Go back to poll tax, go back to us saying the alphabet uh, in the reverse order. All of these things that were made to keep African Americans and, I uh, should say, black and brown people, poor people, from voting. Because poor people are not just black and brown. Sometimes we forget that. Poor people come in all shapes, sizes, and colors. Mr. Keaton, you know, I, I, sure. I, I think that what Ms. Bryce said is absolutely true. But we need to look beyond uh, just uh, mail-in balloting. If you look at some of those laws that are going in, you're going to look at a lot of gerrymandering that's going to be done. That's going to be slicing up uh, a, a dominant, uh, a predominant uh, uh, areas of minorities into small pieces and putting them in with white minorities, white majorities, so that they can. Uh, uh, the votes will be nullified. So not only that, but they're talking about limiting mail, uh, the uh, mailboxes. You know, uh, like some states did. You know, instead of having so many mailboxes around, making making it good for people to vote, uh, they're going to limit those amounts. So it's a lot of things, not just mail-in ballots, that we need to be looking at that these laws are saying. I do agree, and I'm going to say this. Um, hope I can say it. I can say it um, politically correct. I'm going to use the term white, and I don't, I'm not talking, necessarily talking about uh, the, the skin white. Uh, what I'm talking about is people whose mindset is at that point to where as they think they're better and they deserve better and that they deserve all the breaks. See, whenever we make gains as a minority group, be it not a minority, I'm not necessarily talking about just black people, but poor people as a whole, but any time that we make uh, progress, uh, advancement, with minority voting and all these things here, the rules always change. So that's been a history of this country. You can go back into the school system, look at the school system. When they first came in, the rules were set a certain way. And as the school system became more uh, uh, more like us, and we began to know, know what the system is and began to use the system to our advantage, the rules always change to put those people who need the power, who want the power, back in power. So. Those are the things that we need to be looking at. So don't be surprised about the rules changing. And as we advance more, you're going to have more changes. That's why it's important for us to get people like us who are going to be on city councils and on state boards and all these things here so that we can help prevent those types of changing from happening. Mr. White? One thing I guess, you know, I want to give people perspective here. Everybody remembers during the... uh, 80s and the 90s uh, about the South African conflict apartheid and what it was the you know one of the things they didn't have was one man one vote it was minority rule nation and if you stop and you think about what's taking place with all of these changes that they're trying to do they're trying to take away the ability for black and brown people poor uh, Caucasians uh, Anybody who doesn't fit their bill, take away their opportunity to vote. They're also trying to change the county, the, the, the way that the districts are being set up through gerrymandering to limit, to give them uh, the opportunity to uh, put more representatives there. So in essence, what they're trying to do is create another minority rule nation. 
here in the United States. Because see, they see the writings on the wall. The United States is becoming more and more diverse. And they're, they're, they're feeling that their grip on power is slowly running away. And then definitely that took place between the years of 2009 and 2017 when President Obama was in office. But th the point is that because of all that they're doing, they're trying their very best to remain upon, on top. That's why it's important that we have to get out there and allow and not allow these things to happen. It, listen, if they can get away with it, they would. You know, Philip brought up a good point. Election has consequences. You see now that the United States Supreme Court is in not conservative, what they're calling ultra-conservative. There's six of them on the United States Supreme Court that are can definitely, well, you, you know, you got these last three that were put on there. Okay, by um, forty-five, and then you already had uh, some of them on there, like Alito, and let's not even talk about Thomas. That's, that we able to go through that, but you already had these people already on here who were dead set against. As Philip said, they already have voted to gut the Voting Rights Act. So now, you know, the opportunity for it to come back up is, is going to come again. What makes you think that they're not going to try to get rid of all of it? You see, again, they're trying to get a minority to rule over the majority. And we can't allow that. And the reason why we can't allow that is we have to get ourselves out there and put people in office that are representative of who we are. And Mr. Keaton is also right. Not just at the national level. It's got to be at the state level. You see, it's the states that determines the districts for the state. Right. You, you understand? So it's important that we put representatives up there that are going to represent the people, not just business interests and those who are afraid of losing power. So, it's, you know, it's important no matter what we say and what we do here that people have to get themselves together and they have to get in this fight. We can't just let one or two lawyers do that. We as a community have to get in this fight, which means that we got to do our part to assist them to make sure that our right, one man, one vote, continues on. Even though they're going to try their best, we got to continue that fight and make sure that we assist them in doing that. Because if we don't, we're going to find ourselves not represented, and then we're going to be, they're going to be put in a situation where they're going to be able to make all the decisions for you no matter what happens, and there's nothing you're going to do, be able to do about it. So now, if you're all about being able to step up and make a choice and voicing that choice, now's the time to get up and make this fight. Sitting on the sidelines is not going to do it. And I, and I need for everybody who's listening to this show, the grandparents, the, 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 the parents, the children, the grandchildren, whoever can listen to and comprehend it, get into this fight and get yourself registered and get yourself out there and let people know that you don't want them to strip you of your very one, the very power that you know you have, the right to vote. I want to interject one thing here, and I, in, in my mind, I hear Donald Nelson talking about himself being a stupid history, and he would think along these lines and not say it. Black people voted Republican after what Lincoln did, and we could vote. When black people could vote, Reconstruction and all of that. And it was because the Republican Party was all about abolishing slavery. 
you continue on through history and you had people like FDR who kind of had a fair deal or some kind of inclusiveness to black people as far as federal dollars and maybe even the laws were concerned. So what you had is you had a split. You had a pretty sizable contingent of black people who still stuck with the Republican Party and a lot that went with their pocketbook in the Democratic Party. What happened in 1965 with the Voting Rights Act is why you have the political structure that we have today. Uh, a, a white minority GOP and the Democratic Party, which is a big tent with a lot of different, a lot of diversity in it. It was because of that. And this is where you got your Southern strategy from. And this is where you got Lyndon B. Johnson pretty much saying, I pretty much just lost the South for a generation. He was spot on. Because when you gave black people the right to vote, somebody took issue with it. Now, I say all of that. that is, there are a lot of things about the Republican Party that I like or they are reasonable. I could go with them. I, vote, I could vote with them. But when you got the people in your party who are the racist and the separatists and do not see me as even being a human or a person, that's why I don't. That's why I'm not a, a Republican. That's exactly why. So this Voting Rights Act and what's happening with it, it is a huge deal. And, and, I, and I just want to reiterate what Mark said. Everybody has to play a part in this and, and, and being knowledgeable about it and voting, advocate for it. And whatever you can do, something has to be done because this is a huge deal. Any other thoughts regarding stricter voter ID requirements, slashing voter registration opportunities, more aggressive voter roll purchases? I can only emphasize again, you know, the importance of uh, people. Uh, and listen, it's time to get off the couches, ladies and gentlemen. It, it, it's time to put down the PlayStation and, and and all that stuff and get out there and do what is necessary to hold on to the very thing that's important to you, your freedom. Now, if you want to talk about freedom, here's an opportunity to talk about freedom. You see, the, the, the ability to be able to vote and choose the people who you want to represent you is a great part of that freedom. Okay, and if you sit back and you don't do it, you know, whatever they, whatever comes out of the result of that, hey, you just have to accept it. And, you know, I, I normally have the conversation with folks, and, you know, if they, if they make draconian changes to it, then you're going to have to accept it. And if you don't make a, a choice, on what you want to do, then there's nothing that you can say about when they make those changes. Let me say, let me say one last thing is that we need to look at also the, the, the real young 18-year-old to, to, to 25, 26-year-old votes. Mm -hmm. I think that the people who are in their 40s and 50s and on up, uh, we're going to vote pretty much, you know, but it's that younger generation of people that um, I, I find that some of them are in high school. Some of them are just out of high school. Some of them are first-year college students. But what I'm saying is that those people, uh, those young people sometimes have a very lax attitude, uh, the don't care attitude, uh, uh, uninformed attitude, whatever kind of attitude they have is not one toward going to the polls and voting is not one who has been educated the importance of, of how votes count and why it affects them on a daily basis. And we as people need to start with our own in our homes and with our grandchildren who are that age and even ones who are a little bit younger so that when we are going that they will understand the importance of going to the ballot, going to the ballot to, to, to vote, uh, going there to show that and showing them that what uh, how, how they vote can determine not only the future of, of, of them at the moment, but the future of their children and their grandchildren. And for most of us who are on the air right now, I'll say this, you know, we have lived most of our lives. 
and, and we're on the downside of life, just being honest with you. Our time is not long on this earth, but it's not so much that we live now for us, we live for our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren down, down the road. So it's important that we instill in them, even though they may be 12, 13, 14 years old right now, uh, we need to instill in them that these are the things that uh, we're doing for you and the thing that and stress to them the things that our parents and foreparents gave up for us so that we could have the things that we got. Because just as sure as we have it today, if they vote and be informed enough, it will be taken away from them on tomorrow, and that's going to hurt the generations behind us. Not so much as hurting us, but hurting the generation behind us, and we need to make them constant, constantly aware of that situation, that it will happen to them. I totally agree with that, 1,000% uh, if there is such a thing. Uh, our, our younger people do need to be uh, put on watch, and they need to pay attention because um, just watching a movie or listening to uh, someone rap, this is your life. This could happen to you, and they need to know that, that they could wake up one day uh, when they decide to wake up and find out that all the things that people, that their great-grandparents have lived for and died for has been taken away. And then what? How do you get it back? The best thing to do is to not lose it in the first place. If you can continue to keep it, you don't have to worry about trying to get it back. So, yes, we do need our young people to be a part of this, to get out and vote. Because right now, in the state of Texas, they're talking about removing the one ballot box at Prairie View. There's only one that for the whole mm -hmm. city. And so they're talking about removing that. Why? Because of the fact that there are young people there who are going to school, who are paying attention and want to vote. So we, we need our young people now more than ever to get out and vote, pay attention to what's happening, and as John Lewis would say, get into some good trouble. I think that that PSA from Ms. Rice will lead us into our commercial break. Stay right there. The Sunday Show will continue with Philip O'Donnell and LaMoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm Agent Derek McGarry on Texarkana's 104.7 KTOY. If there's one thing 2020 has shown us is that life can take a turn without notice. And through it all, we want you to know we are still here to help you just as we've always been. If you need to review your coverage or just need some advice from people you know and trust, we will always be here to help. After all, isn't that what you'd expect from a good neighbor? This is State Farm Agent Derek McGarry. Please call us at 903-831-2000 or visit us at DerekIsMyAgent.com. Now back to the Sunday show with Philip O'Donnell and LaMoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm agent Derek McGarry on Texarkana's 104.7 KTOY. You are listening to the last segment of the Sunday show with myself, LaMoya Burks, and Philip O'Donnell. We have with us uh, Mark White, Jesse Keaton, and Miss Joanne Rice wrapping up this edition. Philip, uh, are we on to another topic or are we wrapping up uh, on your behalf? Well, let's go ahead. I, I wanted to give the panelists an opportunity. We, we didn't get the first Sunday in February. They didn't get the opportunity to come on. So uh, with that having been Black History Month, I didn't know if they wanted to have an observation about it. it. You know, it always comes up during this time of year, whether it's still relevant, whether we should have it. Is it more of a big deal? Is it less? You got all kind of stuff that popped up this week with, with the eyes of Texas, the fight song from the University of Texas with the Star Spangled Banner still being an issue, with the lyrics of these songs is what I'm talking about, because they, they dehumanize people. 
they make us enslaved people all over again because of the words that are in the song itself. And we get to choose what our fight song is. We get to choose what our national anthem is. And we don't have to choose stuff that is insightful or injurious to other people. So just in, in reflecting upon Black History Month, and, and I guess we could begin with Ms. Rice. Any thoughts, any observations since we didn't get a chance to get you on for the first Sunday in February? Personally, I think that... Uh, Black History Month should be expanded to Black History Year. That's just right. my thought. But, uh, no, it, the time is, I don't think there will ever be a time, at least in my lifetime, that we will be able to say that Black History Month, year, week, uh, six months is not needed. Uh, there are just so many things that African Americans have given to the United States that are not documented anywhere. Our own children and our grandchildren, if it were not for us, would not know. So that black history will always be needed because people will always decide on what's relevant and what's not. Other people, the people who publish the books, the people who write the history. So if we don't write our own history, if we don't get our own history out there to our children, our children's children, we won't know. We will not know what all we have done, and we will not realize how wonderful we are. We sometimes think that our children think that they can't be doctors or lawyers or any of those things, good teachers. We, have, we sometimes forget that we can't be those things, but we can. And the only way that our children will remember that is if we have black history. Right now, we have Women's History Month. we got time right here in Women's History Month to talk about famous African-American women who have done great things. And where do we start talking about these things? In our church. And I have to say that my church always does black history sermons, and I'm thankful for our pastor, Dr. James Morris, they're bringing that to the forefront. I'm sure other churches are doing the same, but we need to make sure that we're out there talking. Let me say, let me say that uh, on, on that particular issue, this is why it's, again, it's important that we elect people to our state legislatures because we're down with our state curriculums and allowing certain textbooks to be uh, uh, presented uh to the school districts and all these things here. Right. But until we get people up there who are, uh, are minded, uh, who are conscious of blackness and awareness of that uh, in there, then we can get those things placed into our system. Now, you'd be surprised that there's some, some states who don't even allow black history to even be taught in, 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 in the state. Right. So, uh, and then for those who do have it, how many of them are accepted into their curriculum, into the school districts? And, and on top of that, how many people are capable of even teaching it, who even know enough about it? So we need to become more aware of what's in our immediate surroundings and all these things here. And for those of us who are minded enough uh, to be aware in, into the black history uh, of our pe people, you know, the ch in, in California, the Japanese kids, students, go to school on Saturday. And they go to school on Saturday basically to learn about Japanese culture because we know that they're being infiltrated with a lot of American stuff. 
But the Japanese and all these people are very conscious of their cultures, and they make sure that their kids understand where they come from, what they are all about, and all these things. And until we get like some of those, and that's some, some things are good to copy. And this is a good thing to copy. We may need to just start on our own setting up something to where as we can have our students come in on some days or some nights someplace, and let's just talk black politics. Let's just let's talk about black people. Let's just talk about black achievement. Let people know that black is not a curse. It is a blessing. And from all mankind, uh, uh, comes from the black race. And so we need to emphasize that. Mr. And let kids know, and then they will feel proud of themselves, and they can move on, and when they go to these places and people tell them stuff, they don't have to believe it. Mr. They hear it, but they can challenge it and say, what about this and what about that? And it makes them more aware and make their, their self-esteem go sky high. Mr. White, any closing comments? Yes. Um, the, the whole country was built off the backs of African-Americans. And so it's always relevant to have conversations about the achievement of black people each and every day, not just February, but all day. So it's important that we keep it in place. And um, we always got to remind ourselves and our other youngsters, especially those, you know, just coming along who don't know, who don't get that in the house, let them know that there are, they are definitely the result or their ancestors or they are a group of people like themselves who really made this country what it is. It's important that they understand that. All right. Well, that's it for this edition of the show. We hope you have a great day. And we'll tell all of your friends about the Sunday show. We definitely thank you. As always, it's always a pleasure monthly. Thank you to Mr. Mark White, Jesse Keaton, and Miss Joanne Rice. Now, on behalf of Lemoya Burks and the great and wonderful people here at Texas County Radio, thank you for being our listener and for being kind enough to tune in to our show. Remember, you are listening to KTOY Radio 104.7, the station that cares about the quality of your life, the soul of the city. Please stay tuned for Ms. Diddy Lewis and her show, Gospel Intervision, which comes to you each Sunday morning right after this show. In case you want to hear this show again, it will be rebroadcast this evening at 6 p.m. on our sister station, 105.9 FM. And the podcast of all previous shows is available at KTLY1047.com. If you would like to appear on the Sunday show, please contact myself, Miss Lemoya Burks, at 903-244-3997, either via call or text. Please keep in mind that we would love to schedule guests at least a month in advance. Please again call myself, Lemoya Burks, well in advance for your desired date, 903-244-3997. A closing quote comes courtesy of Vernon Jordan. If you don't know who he is, he, uh, he passed this week. He was a civil rights leader. He was a D.C. power broker. He was the executive director of the National Urban League as well as the United Negro College Fund. And it was interesting. I didn't notice about him. He actually turned down President Clinton's offer to become the uh, AG, the uh, attorney general. Here's the quote from Vernon Jordan. You are where you are today because you stand on somebody's shoulder. And wherever you're headed, you cannot get there by yourself. If you stand on the shoulders of others, you have a reciprocal responsibility to live your life so that others may stand on your shoulders. It's the quid pro quo of life. We exist temporarily through what we take, but we live forever through what we give. We exist temporarily through what we take, but we live forever through what we give. Vernon Jordan, thanks for tuning in to our show. We love you. We'll see you again next week.
The Sunday Show will return next Sunday morning from 9 to 10. If you have questions, contact Dee Dee Woods, ddwoods56 at aol.com. The views and opinions expressed during the Sunday Show are not necessarily the views or opinions of Texarkana Radio Center.